Do you find yourself running out of time to accomplish your work? Are you spending time doing things that you're not that good at? There are effective ways to outsource these tasks so you can focus on your business. This is the Virtual Success Show. We bring the inside scoop on outsourcing success for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Malouf and Barbara Turley. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Virtual Success Show, where I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Malouf. Matt, how are you? I'm well, Barbara. How are you? I'm good, thanks. You must be having a, a, a good week. Finally, your book, has, uh, your book has come out. Your book has launched, The Stop Doing List. It has, yeah. It's been really exciting over the last, um, it's been out for about a month now. So getting some really positive feedback. So yeah, really, really um, enjoying the journey. Yeah, and probably a bit of um, bit of rest time after all the push that got was involved in pushing a book out. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. There was a few things, on, a few things on my stop it, stop doing list from that. Yeah. So. Well, I'm reading it at the moment, and I'm thinking, gosh, there's so many things I can still stop doing. <laughs> anyway, one of the things one of the things I do need to stop doing is my own email. And our guest today on the show, um, I'm very keen to talk to today's guest about this because he wrote a fantastic blog post about this a while ago, which triggered me uh, bringing him on the show. He's not only a friend of mine, but he's very big in the online marketing space, online. Um, I would call him sort of the the king of people who want to start a blog and figure out how on earth you get traffic to your blog and get going with your blogging journey. Uh, Yarrow Starek, welcome to the show. Welcome, Yara. Uh, thank, thank you, guys. Love to be here and, and looking forward to talking about something I don't really talk about on podcasts very much. Yeah, so you, you I mean, obviously you would usually be interviewed about, you know, um, online marketing, uh, I guess getting started in blogging. Tell, tell us a bit about your background. Tell the listeners a bit more about your background just to get things going. Yeah, you're, you're quite correct. I do normally talk about blogging on, I'd say, 95% of the podcast interviews I do. Uh, primarily because that's what I teach and what I'm I'm known for, and I've been blogging myself uh, for we're we're in year twelve now of blogging. I started two thousand and five, so it's it's been a career, uh, and I pretty much had a, an online uh, entrepreneurship career my entire adult life. So uh, it's been great to me. Like I can't uh, I have to really thank the gods for being born at a time when I can use the internet as a way to run a business, and I've pretty much uh, made my living entirely online. And thankfully, also been able to travel around the world, taking my business with me. So what you normally find me doing is sitting in cafes, writing on my laptop, either writing a blog post or an email, coordinating with my team on Slack. Uh, and I teach uh, courses and I have a membership site. I, I sell ebooks as well. So I'm basically a writer, teacher, entrepreneur. Uh, running a publishing company is probably the best way to put it now. And, and that's uh, what I've been doing for the last uh, more than a decade. And I love it. Yeah, and you're heading from uh, you're heading from Vancouver to France next. So you're you're truly the you know the laptop lifestyle entrepreneur. You you truly live that. I, I like to represent what I teach as much as I can. Yeah, that's for sure. Especially at the moment, it's I've been traveling. Uh, I wouldn't say nonstop. I've certainly been stopping in Canada, uh, and I've had a number of trips back and forth to conferences in the states. But yes, it's really. Go, 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 keep traveling. And, uh, you know, if there's an event we want to attend, uh, I'll pop on a plane and, and get to it. And, uh, you know, life doesn't really change that much. It's, just, it's Airbnbs and Ubers and uh, sitting on your laptop working. That's kind of what the day-to-day life is like. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of listeners going, yeah, I want to do that. So you've got to follow Yarrow if you want to f- figure out how to get that lifestyle because you teach that really, really well. 
So, Yaro, obviously, you know, you mentioned Slack, which we've talked about, talked about on this show many times before, which is a great communication channel when you have a virtual team. So how many people do you have on your direct team at the moment helping you to run this laptop lifestyle? Business? I should officially count. I'm pretty sure we've got 10 people in Slack at the moment. Um, m nearly all of them are working with me every day. Uh, basically, I've got three people in, in what we call client care, which is uh, email and uh, customer support and sales support too. So it's sort of like an all-around client care. That's why they're called client care. Um, I've got two, uh, I wouldn't call them like full-time. They're, they're, all my people are contractors, but you know the client care people really do check in every day. Uh, I've got two tech people who uh, are pretty much my main tech resources for doing all you know, website changes, blog changes, setting up pages, uh, that sort of thing. Um, one graphic designer, one Facebook ad manager, one content auditor at the moment is doing a content audit on my, my website. It's sort of a social media management role too. Well, it will be anyway. Um, one person handling my podcast publications. I think that's kind of everyone. Then there's like the more not really day-to-day -day part of my team, but you know, the person who does the transcripts, uh, um, and then, yeah, occasionally, you know, if we need something written, we go to a writer. If we need something formatted, we go to a, you know, a, a desktop publishing specialist. But really the day-to-day -day team is, is the people I've just mentioned. Yeah. You know what I love about that? And I want to say to some of the listeners that are listening to this that think that running a blog, you know, and making money from content marketing coming into courses can be done by just one VA. I just want listeners to realize that if you're really running this like, the true business that it that Yarrow teaches you basically how to do. Like, look at all those people that you have on your team. Like, yes, you're working from your laptop, but you have a fully functioning team that is firing every mm. day. So to make this thing work, like, you're really taking it very, very seriously. And I think that's important for people to realize. Yeah, it's actually been more recently, though. Like, if you go back in time, my team was really me, a tech person, and an email person. And that was... It, we, we certainly had the odd contractor come on board now and then for one-off jobs, but for a long time, it was a three-person show. You know, I did all the content and all the marketing and all the email writing, and I just had the tech person and the email person sort of as my, my main two support team. And uh, to be fair, I ran a great business. It just was capped in how big it could get. And in the last maybe four or five years, I wanted to go beyond that phase and that's why you know I brought more people in um, which has been really interesting actually because it's allowed me to I guess not only grow further but also test some theories around systems that I've always wanted to set up and uh, kind of it, it's actually taken me out of the business even more because it's it's allowed me to sort of say okay what if Yarrow does absolutely nothing um, except for maybe show up for one group coaching call uh, and, and communicate with a few clients who, you know, pay for private time with me. Does the business still run? And uh, that requires, you know, a slightly bigger team and, and certainly more systems in place. Like I had to spend a bit of time creating email funnels that run without me. So that was a deliberate change in in, in strategy because before that it was very launch based. Um, and you know, you can I made great money. I can't complain. But um, it's not. I guess I, I wouldn't. I don't. I didn't feel it. Feel about it that it was. Uh, as as automated a business even it is a business still but it's i guess it felt more like i was uh a, no i wouldn't call myself a freelancer but i was a coach or a teacher making a great living 
And uh, now it feels more like I'm still that, but my content is kind of doing a lot of the heavy lifting for me, more so than it was in the past. And because that's working, the team is needed in place to kind of manage the, the you know, the more sales, the more customers, the more queries coming in. So uh, it's been fun to see that transition and that growth happen. And Yaro, when you, when the, the blog that Barbara referenced earlier about breaking free from, uh, from emails, uh, mm. talk us through just what inspired you to write that and what the, the I guess the, the general gist of, of that was. Yeah, it's, it's, one of my favorite topics, actually, it's weird that I, it's taken so long to write about it. Um, my Even before I was a blogger, I was obviously an online entrepreneur, and I had an editing company, which was set up to specifically be what you would call, I guess, a Tim Ferriss business today, you know, a four-hour work week uh, kind of business. Uh, I, I built it before Tim was Tim, and he wasn't, you know, hadn't written any of his books. But back then, I was still chasing very much what Tim represents now, which was that lifestyle business that provides a cash flow source, so you can do whatever you want with your life. And that was my primary goal to begin with as an entrepreneur was to create some kind of income stream business like that. And it it just it's weird because today, you know, people don't build online businesses necessarily thinking about how they can run without them. But that was my entire goal. And this particular editing company I had, the main job that kept me in, involved in the company was email. So even from day one, I knew at some point email would be the first, or not the first, probably the last thing I'd outsource, but it would be the thing that would take me out of the company. And uh, I did it I, I, after, I mean, it took a number of years to get the business up and running and getting enough customers and getting enough cash flow. Uh, it was a completely contractor-driven company. I had contract editors. I just built the website and did the marketing and, and initially did all the email and customer support myself. And then once there was enough cash flow, I brought on uh, actually a friend from university back in, in Brisbane, Australia. And uh, she took over that job. And that from that point forward, we're talking like 2003, 2004, uh, she did everything with that business. I, I really was out. I maybe did one hour every five or six days. I had to pop in and do something. And ever since then, I've always seen email as the first thing I need to get off my plate um, if I really want any sense of freedom. And it blows my mind how many entrepreneurs I still spend time with who are devoting large chunks of their most productive hours to simply replying to emails. So the impetus for writing this actual article was uh, a very small networking dinner I went to with some other entrepreneurs and uh, one of the women there was talking about how like, we were sort of sharing our problems. And she was saying, you know, every night I go home and I just can't get on top of my email. I spend like four or five hours before I go to bed. And that's when I kind of dropped the bombshell at the table and said I hadn't done my own email in, in 12 years. And, uh, you know, there's, there's all these shocked faces when people think about that because it's I don't know what it is about it. Like Barbara, you mentioned before, people have trouble letting go of their email or or seeing that as something other people can handle for them. Yet, we all know it's uh, most of the time, it's it's not a part of your business that moves forward either. It's something you kind of do that is like treading water. It's not growing your business. You're always responding to things. So for me, since that experience with the editing business and then with my blogging business and pretty much any business I've ever had, email along with tech support have been the first two things I always get other people to handle because I need to be you know, writing the blog posts or, um, you know, doing the joint ventures or creating the webinars or the videos or the podcasts, because that's, that's my growth activities. Uh, responding to emails is rarely a growth activity. So 
you know, I think it's one of the most important things to outsource. Yeah, I mean, I'm so fascinated by that whole story because I know, and as you were talking, I was thinking, I know one of the areas that our clients would probably delegate last is their email because it's kind of difficult to do it. And also because they're probably hiring virtual assistants and I know that you didn't necessarily get a VA to do it. And I was also thinking about my own email and I actually still manage my own email, but I, what I've done with mine is I've managed to eradicate as much as, as much email as possible. So I actually don't get that many emails. I don't really have to deal with email in that way because I've automated a lot of things and I push everything onto project management tools and I've tried every which way to sort of eradicate email. But I was like, I literally dived into this blog post and I read it several times over. I was like, I really need to nail this because I want to, first of all, to be able to do it for myself. And second of all, to start talking to our clients about how to do this safely, effectively, because it is your personal email, right? So, so let's dive in. I'm sure the listeners are dying to know, like, how do we actually do this? So do you have a couple of steps maybe you can share with us that we can digest and actually act, activate ourselves? Sure, sure. Well, you, you mentioned one thing right there that, that's worth covering. You said, you know, handing over your personal email. And I think that's a distinction that, that needs to be made. I have a personal email account and I have a business email account. And I don't hand over my personal one. And frankly, there's no need to. I, I get, you know, maybe two or three emails a day. Uh, and it's really just friends, family, and a few things like, you know, notification of a flight booking or an Airbnb booking or something like that. And even that I could potentially have someone else handle, but I like to choose where I live and I like to choose which planes I fly on. So it's more of a you know personal preference there. Uh, but my business email is it's everything else. And that that's I think maybe step one for some people is to kind of separate their which emails they're happy to have someone else handle and, and which ones they want to maintain. Um, but really be realistic about that because you'd be surprised how little you really need to touch in terms of your email yourself. Like you can, if you have someone, you know, you trust do, I'd say 99% of the messages. Uh, and one of the things I like to do is, you know, go into your inbox and just have a look at all the emails and ask yourself, should I be the one replying or uh, filtering or even just deleting these messages? Like, I know this is crazy, but hiring someone just to delete the bad emails or the emails you don't need to deal with can make a huge difference in itself. So that might be yeah. step one. But but I guess I should stick with my article because I did have three steps in there that I mentioned. And really, you know, step one is the obvious step, which is hiring someone who is competent to do this job. But um, it's not this is not more difficult than hiring someone for any other outsourcing role in your business. Like I, I don't. You know, there's not some sort of uh, secret spy test they have to go through to handle my email here. You know, it's like any other thing I outsource. Um, I, I look for the qualities I look for in any person when I'm hiring them. Are they, you know, do they have good attention and detail? Do they have good written communication? Are they familiar with the technology I make use of, like like um, Slack, like Asana, like Gmail? Uh, and, and then uh, we run tests in my business. We have like a one-month-long trial to see how they work live. We have training systems in place as well, which is part of my process. Um, so assuming they do well in all that, then it's basically here's the inbox and, um, you know, look after it. Obviously, the first time you do this, just like the first time I did it, I was the person training them. So, you know, they they learned how to be me in as best as they could or even be better than me is probably the best way to put it when it comes to answering emails, you know, how, how to reply uh, to certain messages. If they didn't know, I taught them. Sometimes they improved on that. 
Uh, and to sort of, I guess, continue the steps, because it would make sense to sort of explain here, you know, as, as you hire and train someone, part of the process will actually be creating things that make the inbox more systematized, like template responses, because you probably get common queries coming in, perhaps from potential customers or even current customers or just current, you know, uh, recurring situations. So they can be templated. Uh, Plus, you've obviously got folders and filters, so we make use of those heavily within Gmail. We actually run a shared Gmail account that my entire uh, team basically have access to. So it's me. I have my own uh, folder there, or as Gmail calls it, it's a, a label. And um, so does each member of my team. And then they all access it. So we have 24-7, like we have three main people in my client care team all going in there every day. They're, they're in different countries around the world, so you can get that 24-hour coverage of it. And they just put the messages in my folder if it's a message that only I can deal with, which is probably 5% of my email at most. And I check that folder every two weeks. So what I have is uh, people going in there, replying to messages using templates, um, you know, archiving messages that don't need to be responded to or seen by anyone, and they also put labels for messages that I need to see but not reply to, which is a, a huge chunk of my email. That's like you know all those newsletters you get that you might just want to glance at but not do anything with. Uh, and then, of course, they're the ones that I need to actually reply to. So this is all systematized. And, and the great thing about email is it teaches you what you need to do as you do it. And what I mean by that is you, know, you hire a contractor Let's say you start training them up on the basics and then more emails are going to come and that's going to trigger them to learn how to reply, to come up with a system, to maybe create new folders or filters if we need to, uh, new templates if we need to, uh, possibly improve on it because you, know, you can potentially turn this into a sales role if they can get better at converting people into customers or keeping uh, potential refunds and stopping them from refunding. So there's all kinds of opportunities for the person in the inbox to really impact your business. And that takes time. But the great thing about it is that there's constant feedback because you're getting emails every day. So I think it's one of the best things you can you know, spend some time working with someone to get right. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah Matt, go on. No, I was just going to say, um, just a couple of things you mentioned there, Yarrow. Um, one thing for the listeners that... Um, that that I've done in conjunction with what you're talking about there was um, uh, I've got a small group of clients that we coach personally. I just set up a personal email for them and then everything else can be managed by somebody else, um, which which is something that, that as an interim step that, that people may want to consider. But the question I want to ask is um, what were some of the um, emotions that you experienced initially when you started handing over your email? Well, euphoria, I think, is the first one, Matt, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, only because the first time I ever did this, it was literally the, the final step in the proof of concept of a true lifestyle business. You know, I, I remember clearly waking up the next day and logging into my computer following the pattern I always had prior to that to go into my email to see if any editing jobs had come through and my inbox is empty but I checked you know the all mail tab to see what had happened and the, and the sent mail tab to see how my person had replied and they did everything right and you know I, I can't remember specifically but I know during that those first few weeks I would have had sales come in from my business and they would have been processed by this email person uh, you know assigned to the contract editor to do the job 
So I was making money and that whole day and or those weeks that followed and I wasn't doing anything anymore. So for me, it was like this, this is real. I built a business that had ran or runs without me. Uh, and I've been obsessed with systems like this, uh, very much human powered systems like this ever since. So, you know, email is the simplest, but the best example of that. Um, and, and, and ever since then, I, I, I guess I've become almost um, complacent with it because it has been so long. We're talking 12 years of, you know, not not having that stress point. Because I do remember before the 12 years, um, you know, needing to, well, simply logging into my inbox and feeling stressed because there was a, it's like the dishes. You you wash them and then there's more. And then you, there's emails, you empty your inbox and then a few hours later there's more. You know, if you if you let it go for two days, you've you're you've can't you know you've you've you're fallen so far behind you can't keep up and then I've, I've got some friends who i see their inboxes and they've got you know hundred thousand messages in their inbox because they've given up on actually dealing with it i've got one friend in particular i know he had three hundred thousand emails in his gmail he was proud of the fact that he had that many unanswered emails and i was like how do you operate that because how do you find your emails you know how do you and he uses search all the time <laughs> so it's ridiculous um so that was definitely the first feeling, and and after that, uh, I don't know. It just it, there, there's a you know it's it's the lifeblood of every business I've run. So I'm still very much in my inbox in the sense that I watch it. Uh, my sales notifications come through. Um, you know, I, I get the fun stuff comes through, like invites to be on a podcast with you guys. You know, this is organized through email. So a lot of the things that I enjoy about my business still come through email. But I think the overarching feeling today is the lack of stress and the sense of comfort to know that no matter what hits the inbox it's ultimately not my responsibility and i've had to force myself over the years to you know don't take don't take this on let the team handle it and once you get to that place it's it really is like you know if you ever read the four hour work week or you've ever read the e-myth revisited or or any of the books on systemization your book matt probably no doubt as well um you know th that this this concept of having a business run without you the email is the first place you can really taste that so i taste it every day and i love it <laughs> and 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 so as far as the competencies of the people that are running your email what what are some of the key competencies you're looking for in the in the person or people you bring in to to run these emails i mean communication is is number one especially obviously written communication uh you know when i hired angela my very first email person she was uh, fresh out of university she had an information technology degree so you know she wasn't qualified like an english major or a, you know had training in customer service but i knew she was intelligent i knew she had uh you know, good emotional intelligence as well, so that when you've got, you know, an angry customer writing an email, you, you know how to react and calm that person down. Um, so that's the first thing, that just that rapport and the ability to communicate well in English in, a, in the sense of a customer service situation. So it's kind of funny, but people who possibly worked in retail or, you know, um, hospitality can be good at this because they know, you know, not to get emotionally responsive to an angry or uh, you know, a, a person who doesn't uh, communicate very well back at you, you know, you know how to deal with those situations. I worked uh, at a help desk, so I kind of knew the patience required sometimes to work with certain people. So that's one. Um, I really also respect people who have attention to detail more than anything because they tend to see 
possible ways to do things better than I do, and and think about the things that need to be done that you you know you, you, that you might not see in front of you. Like they're not always just reacting to the inbox or to the situation. They're proactive about something that they could do better depending on the situation. And this really helps with sales too, because um, you know I let my team come up with special offers for people. And that is a very dynamic thing to do. You have to kind of figure out based on who you're communicating with what to offer them. So for example, we have someone who might be considering canceling out of my membership site and they decide, my team member decides, let's give this person one month free because they just need to get to their next you know, next few months when they, they get a, a salary again from a job or something like that. So they have to have the confidence and also the intelligence to sort of solve that problem without me, without needing to come to me either because I don't want to be being asked questions throughout the day. I need someone who has the, the ability to work on their own. And that was also a big thing early on so that the independent worker um, obviously, all of this you know, comes into play after some testing. You don't just throw someone at at the role and say, "Figure this out, do it all yourself." You want to make sure they're doing a good job, right? <laughs> but once they're there, then you can be confident that they're going to keep doing a good job. So those are kind of like the main things. Obviously, tech skill—you you need someone who knows how to use a computer, has a good internet connection. Um, in in my case, I work with a lot of stay-at-home mums. And that's great because they have that flexibility in their schedule. And that's what was great about Angela. And I think at least, I think my two out of my three current client care team members are both um, work-at-home moms as well. Uh, so they, they can be checking it in, you know, checking the email all throughout the day. You know, there's no sense of you know, needing to be anywhere uh, for large chunks of time away from the job. So that's good. Um, but yeah, th- those are the main things. Can I ask, actually, Yaro, sorry, the question I have is the initial, it's probably easier now because you've done it for so long, but how about the initial training period? So even when you get someone who is competent and has the ability to, you know, take initiative, think outside the box, all those things, you still would have needed to train them, first of all, I would imagine, on your actual business. Like, so what is it you do, how you operate, everything? Like, there would have been a lot of training initially before they can successfully take over email. How did you tackle that? Like, how did you not become overwhelmed with that part of it in the beginning? Uh, This is so much easier than you think it is, Barbara. It's ridiculous. Because I get asked this by clients. Clients would ask these questions, uh, and I would struggle with answering that. Yeah, It's so, like, we've been doing the same thing uh, when it comes to bringing on new people since I did with Angela day one. Uh, obviously, nowadays, I have my current people train my new people, so that's an advantage. But even if you're just doing this for the first time, this is all you have to do. Tell your new hire to go into the inbox and read your replies to messages. Go into the sent folder and and read how you reply to things and, and go back as far as they need to. You know, might need to look back over the next, uh, sorry, the previous two months or something like that, depending on how much email volume you get. And they can learn pretty much everything from that one activity, you know, how you reply, what you reply, what your business is about, um, you know, what you sell, what web pages to refer people to. It's not going to solve every problem, but it will get them up and running really, really quickly. So we kind of do it like this. We phase it, phase them in. So they, they will spend probably about a week uh, just reading how, uh, in this example, it would be how I reply, but in my company today, it would be how my other uh, ready-established people reply. But you know, if you're doing this for the first time, it's going to be you. 
And then the next week, we assuming they say they're they're feeling confident, we then say, can you you start doing replies to the emails you feel confident in, and you just check over their work and and make sure they're doing that correctly, and then they'll get better and better because they'll start doing more and more replies. Uh, obviously, they're going to ask questions. There's going to be, you know, how do I deal with this? Uh, is there a special page for this? So, but, you know, they only need to ask that once. And then the next time it happens, they don't need to ask again. So, so they're kind of like building up a mental database of how to answer probably 80% to 90% of your emails. So within about two weeks to a month, they're feeling confident to deal with about 80% of the messages that come into an inbox. Um, and that's the basic starting point. From that point forward, you, you might get you know the odd email, maybe one a day that they just don't know how to deal with, that's fresh and new, or they're not sure and they want to run it past you. Uh, that's, that's what they do then. And then when you really take things to the next level, you actually set up a, a system for all the more common things. So that's when you start creating templates, you create videos, and ideally you get the person who's learning it to do the, the systemization as well. because. When you first learn something, is a great time to teach it. So once they've just learned how to do something, I get them to record a screen flow, you know, desktop recording video if it's something that needs that, or I get them to, you know, maybe write the template reply, or sometimes I they just take the template from one of my previous replies, and then the next person you hire has all these templates and all these training videos to follow as well as you know all your previous emails. So it really isn't that hard to do like it blows my mind more people don't do this you know yeah actually that's I just yeah I've just realized as you were talking that I think I think Matt the question you asked is probably the most critical one it's the emotion because I know that for me it's the emotion of letting go of that um feeling like it won't be done right or or just the, the yeah even I would be a bit overwhelmed with handing it over but that's great I now have the strategy I'm going to do it I'm going to do it <laughs> you have to <laughs> one, one of the things to expect is they won't do it right you know like you, you do have to realize that they're not going to write exactly like you are uh they're going to make mistakes um and it depends how much of a control freak you are because I've had moments where I've just been so angry and frustrated because I've seen a better way to reply to something, you know, a way that could have saved a customer that we lost or, or brought in a new customer that we didn't or something like that. Um, but, but more often than not, that's a very rare thing that happens. And then it's an opportunity to, to train a person. And, uh, you know, they're getting new skills in, in sales. Uh, and in fact, if you hire a good person, they'll go on to do even a better job of selling than you did. I mean, it's well, actually, I should, I, I should clarify that in my email, though, I have eradicated all client contact in my email. So actually, my team right. do deal with that. I guess my so what, email... What are you dealing with, Barbara? What's, what's in yeah, your email inbox? Yeah, you know, my email, my inbox is actually full of things like things I've signed up to. And I'm great at unsubscribing from things, too. But I nearly need somebody to do that for me and delete stuff. And then the odd email, normally it's more business opportunity type stuff, which really is going to come to me anyway. And you only get one of those every now and then. So email for me is not a big job every day, is what I'm saying anyway. Mm. So I have it sounds to like eradicate you, it rather you, than right. give it away. You've done the outsourcing of the business emails already. So yes. you kind of you're you're already where I am in that regard. Yep, yep. So that's probably a, yeah, just to clarify for the listeners. But yeah, because I always say to clients you have to eradicate email out of your life. Like be either delegate it or do whatever with it, but you've got to try and get rid of it using automation delegation you know, whatever strategy you can, FAQs on your website, mm. whatever videos that you can but do. I, th I think what, one important thing, in, and you've mentioned it multiple times, Yarrow, through, through this conversation, is there's a system for it. 
there's a system, there's a system for responding to certain emails in certain ways. You've templated things where you can, and and but there's a system all around this. And I think most people, even if they're managing their own emails, don't have an effective system. And hence, what it does is it makes it near impossible for them to hand it over to anybody else. Um, and in which case, when they do hand it over, they're handing over. 300,000 emails in an inbox like you were mentioning before. Yeah. A mess, <laughs> and so, basically. Yeah, and I, so I, I find that it's so – and, I mean, Barbara, you and I have had conversations on the show before uh, around that system – if you want a- anything in your business done by somebody else, it must start with a clear system that you can train somebody in and then it needs to be refined over time, I think that's just such an important message to to yeah. hammer home to everyone that that Yarrow he's not just talking about handing over emails. He's got a clear, definitive system on how to do this. Hence, other people can can operate and run the emails for him. Yeah, that's a key point to make. Yarrow, thank you so much for this insight. It's really, uh, honestly, I mean, you think this is easy, but so many people struggle with delegation of their email. It is a letting go process. It's lack of lack of system. All all of the above, but to just dissect it down on the mm. show like this is just gold for our listeners because they do want to do this. And the fact that you've successfully done it for twelve years is amazing. <laughs> it's inspiring. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that hard. I, I think the you know the simple thing to walk away with after this interview is go back to your inbox and just look at any messages that have accrued and ask yourself am I the one who should be dealing with these emails? Like how many of them are mission critical for me to answer? And you'll probably find there's a a solid 80-20 rule. There's only 20% that really matter and 80% someone else could be dealing with. And actually, you know, I'm just going to interject here with something I have done, which is kind of sort of along the same topic of what we're talking about. So recently I made a decision, uh, Matt and Yarrow, you're both in my Facebook friends list so you'll know that I've done this or maybe you didn't see it but I made a decision after about two years to separate my private and public profiles on Facebook so I now have two profiles and the Facebook messenger on my public profile is managed by AVA because Mm. I kind of got sick to be honest of my parents live I live in Sydney my family live in Europe we live very far away from each other and we we have big we, we have all these Facebook messenger groups for different family members and I wake up very early in the morning and I got sick of jumping into Facebook Messenger to see had my mum commented on a photo or something. And I'd have a, a business, somebody wanting something in my Facebook Messenger. So I made the decision to, to separate completely. And one will mm-hmm. be completely private for that reason, because I just don't want to deal with those things at that time. So my VA manages it for me and she lets me know what I need to deal with. So I suppose it's the same yeah, thing. <laughs> it's, it's such an interesting point, actually, Barbara, because you're sort of touching on uh, Messenger, and Messenger is sort of like the new email for yeah. a lot of people, right? And Messenger is becoming a place where bots, you know, those automatic robotic responses are starting to make yeah. an impact. And we, I, I can imagine it happening to email, too. Yeah. You know, you could, you could imagine uh, it won't be a human being handling your inbox. It will be a bot just doing automated template replies based on the, you know, the questions being asked in an email. And that, that's probably where we're heading. Well, that's a whole other... Uh, actually, Matt, that's a topic for another show because we have actually <laughs> just... Intro- we have put Jane, we called her Jane, and we have introduced an automated bot on the Virtual Angel Hub Facebook page. 
So there is a bot in there that actually answers your questions when you go there. Her name is Jane. Cool. <laughs> so, cool. so that's a whole other topic. Yarrow, thank you so much for your time. And look, it's if people want to find out more about you and, and they want to follow you and, and, and not email you, but <laughs> email your team, <laughs> how, do they, how, how do they connect with you online? Uh, you know, the, the, the simplest answer to that one is just Google my name, Yarrow, Y-A-R-O, and you'll find the blog, the podcast. Um, if you're interested in blogging, look out for my, my report. It's called the blogprofitsblueprint.com is where you can find that. But Yarrow, Y-A-R-O, uh, just remember that, and that, that's the easiest way to find me. Yeah, and guys, the Blog Profits Blueprint, I will put my hand up and say it was my first it was the first pivotal moment in my online career where I discovered Yarrow's uh, online blog profits blueprint. And I, I knew nothing about online until that moment. So um, I'm a big fan of that piece of work. It's very, very good. Matt, any, thank final, you. No, thank you. any final things from you, Matt? No, thank you so much, Yarrow. I think you've, you've given amazing insight. And, and I think just the one thing I'll reiterate in, in what Yarrow has been saying today is, is email to, to get rid to get, get an off your list is so doable and uh, it's, it's a lot easier than you think. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, look, if you're loving this show, um, we'd love to get a review. We, we're trying to get the reviews up on iTunes right now in the ratings. So just throw us a review and be sure to let us know, you know, other topics that you want us to cover that you're trying to outsource, delegate, uh, you know, whatever you're trying to do. And until next time, uh, we'll see you for some more virtual success. Thank you for listening to the Virtual Success Show. If you found this show helpful, take a moment to share it with a friend so that we can all grow together. Find out more about the inside scoop on outsourcing success by going to our website, virtualsuccessshow.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.